Thinking aloud. Conversations on the leading edge of knowledge and discovery with psychologist Jeffrey Mishlove. Hello and welcome. I'm Jeffrey Mishlove, and this is part three of our four-part series with Dr. Walter Semkew on the subject of reincarnation. Dr. Semkew is a medical doctor. He is the founder and president of the Institute for the Integration of Science, Intuition, and Spirit. He is also the author of several books on reincarnation, including... Return of the Revolutionaries, The Case for Reincarnation and the Reunification of Soul Groups, Origin of the Soul and the Purpose of Reincarnation, and Born Again. Welcome again, Walter. Thank you, John. Pleasure to be with you. You've developed what has to be a unique approach to reincarnation. You've made a, a name for yourself for identifying the past lives of, I suppose, hundreds of people. And you use what I think uh, people in the scientific community would regard as an unorthodox approach uh, to that. But it's one that you feel uh, confident in. Yes. Uh, and 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 uh, just to jump ahead a little bit, uh, I feel confident in these principles of reincarnation mm -hmm. because subsequently, uh, by becoming a scholar of Ian Stevenson, all these principles that I first proposed in my first book in 2003, mm -hmm. I find are supported by Stevenson's literature. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about uh, what drew you into the field. Well, uh, my story is such. Um, <clears throat> in a, I've always had a scientific background, and most people won't believe it, but I, I'm a skeptic by nature. Mm -hmm. And I never believed in psychics or mediums. I thought that was all, you know, uh, charlatan, you know, mm -hmm. they were charlatans. Charlatan. And, and, um, it was 1984, and I was in my residency in, in occupational medicine and in Chicago. And it was, it was midwinter. There's nothing to do in Chicago other than stay indoors. And this friend of mine said, you have to go see this medium who's working out of the local metaphysical bookstore. <clears throat> And even though I didn't believe in psychics or mediums, I didn't have anything else to do but study. And I mm -hmm. thought, what the heck, it might be entertaining. Yeah. And so uh, this turned out to be a trance medium. Mm -hmm. And a trance medium is somebody who goes into a meditative state and allows spirit beings to take over their body mm -hmm. to communicate with human beings. Yeah. And uh, typically when the spirit takes over the person's body, they speak in a different accent, different voice, different facial expressions, different mannerisms. It's almost like there's a different person sitting in front of you. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened uh, with this medium. And there were two spirit guides that came through. The first one said he was the universal guardian given to those who came into uh, physical existence to make a statement. And, and that, that guide only stayed for a minute and a half or so. Mm -hmm. Then a second guide came through who gave many more details about, uh, my past lives and so forth. Mm -hmm. And in particular, the guide said that, um, 
I had a lifetime. The most prominent was uh, during the American Revolution, where I had signed my name on parchment mm -hmm. to help secure ideals for humanity. Um, he, the guide said also I had a, a lifetime in France during the era of Louis the Fourteenth, <clears throat> and then the session went on, and and um, the uh, the guide did not give me specific names, and uh, then the guide said, "Do you have any questions?" And I asked the usual questions: "Am I going to find a girlfriend? <laughs> and, you know, sh should I meditate more? And kind of the mm -hmm. general things." And then uh, I thought, "Well, can you tell me who I was in the American Revolution?" Mm -hmm. And they told me, and and so fairly well known figure, and and. Um, I found it hard to believe. Yeah. And um, then the guide said, uh, know that you are here to bring a new way of thinking. And I thought that's strange, you know, like, how am I going to bring a new way of thinking? I don't understand life, you know. Mm -hmm. And at this point in time, I was sort of agnostic and, you know, who am I? Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> and and after the uh, session, I pretty much dismissed it, you know, because I had heard that psychics tell you you're somebody famous mm -hmm. because people want to hear that yeah. and it brings in more customers. Mm -hmm. And so I, I dismissed it all. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, I probably just wasted my money. Mm -hmm. And then uh, 12 years later, by this time I was working as a medical director for an oil company, Unical 76, mm -hmm. whose slogan is the spirit of 1776, as, <laughs> as, uh, co coincidentally. Yeah. And um, I was in a Hawaiian business and uh, I was going to go to lunch with some of the managers. And they said, let's meet in the parking lot in 10 minutes. We'll go out to lunch. So it was broad daylight around noon. I'm standing in a parking lot waiting for m my colleagues. Mm -hmm. And we're out of nowhere, this booming voice, like there was literally a megaphone in my head, mm -hmm. said, study the lifetime and mention this person from the American Revolution. Mm -hmm. And it like startled me. You know, nothing like this ever happened to me before mm -hmm. and nothing that dramatic has happened since mm -hmm. but it made me start studying this person and that era of the american revolution mm -hmm. and i start i realized that not only in some portraits did i look exactly like this person but i started to identify all these people in this person's life who seemed to be reincarnated around me the idea of a soul group here. so and that's where i started to formulate that people incarnate in groups mm -hmm. and um <laughs> Some were, uh, you know, historical figures where portraits were easy to find, but uh, others, like one thing that really shook me up, and again, I, I still didn't believe this, mm -hmm. but I went back to Boston where this person lived, and I went to a, a local uh, historical society, and they had a lot of information, and uh, there was a shoebox with the name of this person's brother. Mm. And in history books, they mentioned this brother, but this brother never did anything in the American Revolution, yeah. so he's just mentioned brother of. Mm -hmm. And I had never seen a portrait of this brother. Well, I take out the shoebox, and there's a portrait of the brother and his wife, and the person is a dead ringer for my brother George. And the woman is a dead ringer for my brother's wife. Mm -hmm. And I... I, it like goes, I could, it shocked me, you know, mm -hmm. and, and it was like I was on a 
like a detective on a trail where I kept finding more and more information mm -hmm. that seemed to be supporting this theory. Okay. But at the same time, you know, I was a medical doctor and, you know, I, I, I was afraid to talk to anybody. And in fact, when I did try to talk to my brothers about it, they could not listen to it. They yeah. thought it was too weird. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, I remember during that time, I was, I felt like the loneliest person in the world because mm -hmm. I had no one to talk to. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this, this sort of thing sort of starts, you get obsessed with it, you mm -hmm. know, and it's like such a big, idea and if this is true this could help us really understand how reincarnation works mm -hmm. and by the way um now it's the total opposite where you know i i know people all over the world and people write to me about their own cases and what sort of happened now is i'm sort of becoming a mentor for people who are going through the same process that i went through yep. back in 1996 mm -hmm. and, and yeah, trying to integrate the possibility that you could have been this person in a past right, lifetime. Right. And, and just recently a person contacted me who, uh, through a series of events, which I won't go through, uh, he is quite convinced that he's the reincarnation of a very famous musician, yep. rock musician. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he reminds me so much of me because he's like saying, this is so amazing. And mm -hmm. I have no one to talk to and and um, you know this this guy's also a tough bodybuilder and and he's you know felt rejected by his whole family and everything because they're mainly Christians and this mm -hmm. idea of reincarnation just seems unbelievable to people well it was unbelievable to you when you started yes yes mm -hmm. and and in fact that's what uh, led me to work with Kevin Ryerson mm -hmm. who's a good friend of yours yes and uh, what happened was that um, I had hypothesized about 60 past life matches, mm -hmm. uh, including who my wife was before, who my children from that lifetime were yes. in this lifetime, about 60 matches, mm -hmm. and, and including a number of people in the uh, 2000 presidential race mm -hmm. that, that uh, included Bill Clinton, Al Gore, and George W. Mm -hmm. Bush. All people who had had, you began to feel, had had past lives in the American Revolutionary period. Right. And I specifically mm -hmm. identified who they were, and mm -hmm. they matched in personality and physical resemblance. Mm -hmm. But one of the people that I could not locate in, in the American Revolution was Ralph Nader. Mm -hmm. And uh, since he was in this cycle or this cohort of presidential uh, candidates in mm -hmm. 2000, I figured he must have been in the revolution too yeah. if people incarnate in soul groups. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, and I started to uh, meet with a whole series of psychics trying to find out if any of them had the ability to make accurate past life matches. Mm -hmm. uh, First and foremost, to find out if this past lifetime for me was valid or not, mm -hmm. you know, and I didn't want to go running around saying I was this, you know, famous person, you know, having people think that I'm crazy when I'm not. But now uh, you've gone from a, a position where you're very skeptical about any psychic or any medium to where you're seeking psychics for validation. Right. And, but in the, about the dozen psychics that I went to, mm -hmm. uh, none of them seemed to have the ability to make accurate past life mm -hmm. matches. Mm -hmm. And then I was introduced to Kevin Ryerson. Yes. 
And Kevin channels a spirit guide named Atun Ray. Yes, who claims to be an ancient Egyptian right. priest. Who, who last lived about 3,500 years mm -hmm. ago. And, um, you know, I went through my proposed matches and Atun Ray said that I was right in about uh, 85% of the cases and wrong in 15% of the cases. So I went name by name and mm -hmm. he told me which ones were right, which ones were wrong. He validated my past lifetime. But I still didn't know how to, how can I trust Atten Ray? Yeah. How, how do you know, how do I know he's accurate? Now, and let me pause for a moment because as a parapsychologist in general and as a friend of Kevin Ryerson, uh, uh, I, I'm quite confident in his sincerity mm -hmm. in, in what he does, and not only that, in his, his talent. Yeah. But, but for me, I, I view a great psychic like I might think of a great baseball player, like mm -hmm. Babe Ruth. He's one of the greatest baseball players of all times, but he did ha strike out more often than he hit a home run. Mm -hmm. Right. So, and that's a valid point that mm -hmm. even good psychics have a, a hit rate. Yeah. And some are more accurate than others. Yeah. And if we have time, we can talk about the work of Gary Schwartz, who has mm -hmm. done work to try to validate psychics. Professor at the University of uh, right. Arizona. Uh, and, and of course, there's 150 years of research in psychical research right, and right. parapsychology, we have a vast body of of data about this right, right. now. So what I start to do mm -hmm. is ask Atun Ray, um, uh, you know, questions about blind, what we would call blind cases. Okay. You know, it's one thing if you hypothesize a past life mm -hmm. match. Yeah. You know, let's say that Bill Clinton, for instance, I hypothesize was Peyton Randolph, who was the first president, mm -hmm. the president of the first Continental Congress. Yes. Um, then Atun Ray just has to say yes or no. Mm -hmm. But I start to ask about people where I had absolutely no idea who mm -hmm. they were. And yes. like Ralph Nader is a mm -hmm. good example. Right. And uh, Atun Ray said that Nader was part of the American Revolution. He played a prominent role in the Continental Congress. Mm -hmm. And if you find his uh, portrait, you'll see the same angular facial features. Mm -hmm. And I said, what's the name? And he said, the name is Thompson. Mm -hmm. Well, that's very specific information. Yes, Thompson, Connell, Congress, mm -hmm. I should be able to find them. Mm -hmm. Well, by this time, I had my own library on the American Revolution. Mm -hmm. And I looked, looked through all the indices of all the books I had. I could not find a Thompson. Mm -hmm. And I almost gave up on it. But then I, I thought, by this time, I had a book contract and had a deadline. <laughs> and so I thought, I don't have time to do this anymore. But I thought I'd give it one more shot. And I went to the San Francisco Public Library and went through every book on the American Revolution that they had, just looking in the mm -hmm. indices for a Thompson. Mm -hmm. Finally, in a book that was published around 1935, it was a huge black volume, uh, in the index it says Thompson, Charles Thompson, portrait of Thompson, mm -hmm. I turn to the page and it's a dead ringer for Ralph Nader. And we can show that image. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, then now that I, I, it turns out that he was the secretary of the Connell Congress for the full 13 years of its mm -hmm. existence. And the reason he wasn't in most hi history books is they recorded who the elected representatives were. Mm -hmm. uh, and not many people focused on the secretary. Mm -hmm. But now that I had more information, I was able to get more information on them and found that they had, they said the same things. So they were both advocates 
advocates for the underdogs. Mm -hmm. They were both advocates for Native American rights. And uh, the history, you might ask if, if Thompson was a revolutionary who served as a, the secretary of the Congress for 13 years, why didn't he get elected as a representative himself? Mm -hmm. And what the history book said was that he was too radical to be elected, <laughs> just like Nader. <laughs> and then I start to ask about other mm -hmm. uh, uh, personalities. Um, for instance, I had read about another Philadelphia revolutionary named uh, uh, David Rittenhouse. Uh, mm -hmm. And, and uh, all I knew is that he helped edit the pamphlet Common Sense, yes. written by Thomas Paine. Mm -hmm. That's all I knew about him. And I asked Atun Ray, has this Rittenhouse reincarnated? Mm -hmm. And he said, well, yeah, he was Carl Sagan. Sagan had died by this time. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Excuse me, but... But at first thought, when Atun Ray told me that, my heart sank because I thought that can't be true. Because by this time, I had realized people pretty much do the same thing in things in life. Yeah. And, you know, politicians tend to come back as politicians, artists come back as artists, doctors come back as doctors. And I thought, how could this little known revolutionary that I had never heard of be become the world's most famous astronomer mm -hmm. and and this was before the internet we're talking about 2001 mm -hmm. uh, and the inner internet was in its infancy it was in its very early and stages there were yes. you know there were some very primitive search engines but nobody mm -hmm. used them i think it's fair to say that kevin ryerson uh probably didn't search the internet on right, this right. case. And, and when yeah. I go to sessions, I don't tell Kevin ahead of time what mm -hmm. I'm going to ask. Yeah. So, um, then I got other books, and lo and behold, two months later, I got a book that said that, where I learned that Rittenhouse was America's first astronomer. Mm -hmm. And he built the first telescope in America. He built the first replica of the solar system that was accurate based on his and observations. you didn't even know this when you first no. inquired. And I still didn't know what he looked like. Mm -hmm. The book did not have a portrait. Yeah. And the first time that I saw a portrait of Rittenhouse was actually when I went to visit Ian Stevenson in uh, 2001. Mm -hmm. and, and Stevenson was very gracious. He spent a whole day with me. But while I was there, I did the tourist things, and I went to James Madison's home. Mm -hmm. And Madison had an extensive collection of portraits yes. of people from the American Revolution. And lo and behold, he has a portrait of Rittenhouse, and it he looks just like Carl Sagan. Mm -hmm. And I like, you know, couldn't believe it. And so here there was another case where there's no way in the world Kevin could have known this through his own fund of knowledge mm -hmm. when it took me so much work to find it. Mm -hmm. And so that and now I've been working with Kevin and Atun Ray over a period of 15 years on a monthly basis. Mm -hmm. I usually have two sessions or more per month. And Atun Ray has been able to do this reliably throughout this period of time. So what we have been doing is mm -hmm. compiling a database of uh, uh, famous personalities. One of my favorite recently is that um, uh, Elon Musk, the founder of uh, Tesla Motors yes. and of SpaceX and of PayPal, mm -hmm. he's been identified as the reincarnation of Thomas Edison. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Edison and Tesla had a great rivalry about uh, what type of electricity, AC or DC, right. was most practical for long-term transmission. Mm -hmm. And Edison was, was direct current advocate and Tesla was right. AC. Tesla won out. 
Tesla went out, mm -hmm. and appropriately, Edison called his car Tesla. <laughs> and physically, the, the resemblance is stunning. Okay, so uh, and people can uh, look you up on the web, and they can find probably over a hundred of these matches. That probably closer to five hundred. Five hundred at this point. And if you just Google. You know, Elon Musk reincarnation will mm -hmm. pop up. I mean, yeah. you can, if you're interested in anybody, just Google reincarnation mm -hmm. in that person. And uh, we have musicians mm -hmm. and politicians mm -hmm. and scientists. And so the criteria that you use in making these identifications include physical resemblance, mm -hmm. personality uh, matches, uh, career interests, talents, talents. Uh, and soul and, groups. And soul, and the soul group plus the confirmation by, uh, Kevin Ryerson's trans personality, Atun Ray. Right. So, and, and again, I've been doing this for so long and I've had websites up for such a long time. Mm -hmm. People write to me all the time yeah. with proposed matches. Mm -hmm. And what I first do is I review them myself to see if they're plausible, mm -hmm. uh, if they meet these criteria. And if they do, then I'll ask about it in a session with Atun Ray. Mm -hmm. And then, um, if he affirms it, then I'll put it on the website. Okay. Now, I think it's fair to bring up uh, that you identified a match for me. In fact, at this point, I think a couple. Quite a few. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, well you're, uh, almost your entire soul group in this lifetime, <laughs> uh -huh. in, in the William James lifetime. And as I recall, here's how it happened. Many years ago, I had a, an internet radio program, and I interviewed you because you had just written a book on astrology mm -hmm. at at the time, and you mentioned in passing that you were doing these identifications on the American Revolution, and I had a website that uh, I uh, owned the URL, I still do, williamjames.com, and you said to me, well, do you think you might have been the reincarnation of William James, the founder of American psychology and one of the founders of uh, American... P pragmatic philosophy and one of the first presidents of the Society for Psychical Research, uh, a person who has been identified, I think, as one of the hundred most influential Americans who ever lived. Oh, stop bragging. It, well, <laughs> uh, I said to you, of course not. I don't think I could have been William James. For one thing, he was my hero. Why would I have been a person who, who I regard as, as a hero? And you said to me, well, people reincarnate in soul groups. So, what you might do is see if some of the people who are closest to you in this lifetime, do they potentially match in terms of these criteria that we've discussed, physical features and personality characteristics, etc., with people who were known to have been associated with William James. And I figured, all right, I'll go through the exercise. I came up with a number of About possible a dozen. a dozen possible matches, uh, hypothetical. And you took that information to uh, a session with Kevin Ryerson and Atun Ray. Right. And, and, uh, just to kind of go back, um, 
You're the one who actually connected me with these regression organizations mm -hmm. through our correspondence. Yeah. And when I saw, there, there's also a category of reincarnation cases that I call affinity cases, mm -hmm. where someone is naturally attracted to their own past life. One example is Halle Berry has been identified as the reincarnation of Dorothy Dandridge. Dorothy Dandridge. And mm -hmm. Halle went to great mm -hmm. lengths to make a movie about Dorothy. Yes. Laurel and Hardy have been identified and they, as children, mm -hmm. replicated the behavior of Laurel and Hardy unconsciously. Mm -hmm. And when I contacted them to tell them they were Laurel and Hardy, they were kind of stunned. Mm -hmm. But they had to admit they've been acting like Laurel and Hardy ever since they were children. Mm -hmm. So there is this phenomenon of being attracted to your own past life persona. Mm -hmm. And and so when I saw your website, I also looked up a picture of Henry James, of, of William, William James, James, and you guys even have the same beard. You know, there's a strong physical resemblance. You yeah. used to have a beard. I, and, long ago. Yeah, beard, and, yeah. And now in your matches, like your wife Janelle mm -hmm. physically matches William James' wife. And uh, again, you, you identified an, about a dozen people where the personalities and the facial features have matched. Well, I have to tell you, I've been intrigued and also skeptical about this from the outset. It's been, I think, you know, close to 20 years since yeah. you first made that identification. And mm -hmm. it's, it's something I, yeah, find embarrassing and intriguing. And, uh, uh this interview is coming to an end now, but in our fourth session, I want to go into some detail with you about what it's like to, to try and integrate that possibility, that prospect. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so we can take a closer uh, look at it coming up. I think that the issue for me, when I expressed to you my skepticism, you said, well, William James would have been skeptical too. Exactly. Same personality trait. <laughs> so, you know, it might be interesting to think, how would William James have responded had somebody identified one of his past lives? Mm -hmm. uh, is a very intriguing question. Yeah. Um, and I think for people who are familiar with my work, uh, some people can see, yeah, there is a connection with Well, William aren't James. you the f only person who got a degree in parapsychology from the University of California, Berkeley? The only person in the world who has ever received an accredited doctoral diploma that says parapsychology. And so, William James was the first president of what? Not the first president, the, but one of the early presidents. Anyhow, Walter Semke, we're going to have a very intriguing interview coming up. Thank you so much for being with me. Thank you, William James. <laughs> and thank you for being with us and be sure to check your listings for part four of our four-part series with Dr. Walter Semke on reincarnation. Thank you.